Welcome to Round Hill Radio, the podcast from Round Hill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we talk about when we talk about faith. One of the biggest ways a church can be a force for good is through outreach. But how does that happen? Today, we talk about reaching out. Round Hill Radio. I'm Leslie. I'm Ed. And I'm Dan. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hi, Leslie. This is exciting. It is. So today we are talking about outreach as part of our Force for Good mm-hmm. series. Um, and obviously outreach is a huge force for good for many churches. That's how one of the main things they do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dan, mm-hmm. you're working with our outreach team here. I am. And maybe you could uh, start us off by giving some giving us a picture of what what's underway. Sure. Well, one of the decisions we made a few years ago was to look for local and even global partners that we could join in with their efforts, you know, acknowledging that there are lots of individuals and organizations in our community and around the wider world who exist to be a force for good. So we wanted to find them, recognize them, celebrate their work and support their work and figure out ways that we could consolidate our efforts and our energy and our resources to find a few of those organizations and to begin a real partnership Mm. that goes beyond just giving a check, giving monetary donations, as helpful as that is. So over the last couple of years, our outreach committee and our church leadership and congregation have found uh, some of those organizations, and we've really developed not only a partnership, but I would say a good friendship with those organizations and trying to be actively involved as much as we can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to me like uh, one of those organizations, uh, Simply Smiles, which is based here in Connecticut, Connecticut nonprofit, but does great work in Mexico and also on the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe Reservation, has been a great partnership. I mean, how many different aspects of that? We've got the church, Simply Smiles, high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just with that partnership with Simply Smiles, we've been bringing adults and uh, students for the last five years mm-hmm. to the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe Reservation in South Dakota. So those were very formative week-long service trips. And this upcoming year, we'll be joining, again, with Simply Smiles, going to Oaxaca, Mexico mm-hmm. for a service trip during winter break. And so what's nice about these uh, this partnership with Simply Smiles is it exists beyond just the week-long trip. We have opportunities to go to their fundraising events, to send volunteers to their offices to help. And then the students who basically came to know Round Hill Community Church because of this opportunity with Simply Smiles. And they're all from Greenwich High. Uh, They're all from Greenwich High. This Mm -hmm. year we have 15 of them from Greenwich High. Mm -hmm. Have found their way to our congregation. Uh, Many have become part of our youth ministry. Mm -hmm. And they're volunteering through our congregation to serve locally. So when we go to Neighbor to Neighbor or Pacific House or in Spirica and serve a meal, these students are now volunteering with us. So... Thanks to Simply Smiles, we've actually developed a friendship with these Greenwich High School students that we wouldn't have known otherwise. Interesting. Yeah, and it all started because one of the members of the congregation had been a mentor for one of the students in this special program called AVID, Advancement via Individual Determination, and suggested that we reach out to that pool of students to to draw some volunteers with us. And here it's become such a great 
friendship over the years. And some of those students, we've provided scholarships for them, and they've been so excited by what they've done, they've then taken it upon themselves to raise funds to go back in subsequent years. That's right. That's right. We provide a scholarship for a first-time student, and we've now had five or six who were so moved by their time with Simply Smiles. As you mentioned, they have wanted to go back a second time with us. And they've raised their own funds to be able to go. Wow. Dan, uh, talk with us a little bit about Pacific House, because that's a slightly different kind of partnership, but it's also seems like it's gathering momentum. Mm -hmm. And it's been a long time partnership, but now taking off in a new way. Yeah, that's right. So Pacific House is a shelter. It's an emergency shelter in Stamford. But it started just as that, an emergency shelter in Stanford, and it has grown over a number of decades to providing deeply affordable housing uh, in apartment units all throughout Stanford and Norwalk. I believe our church got involved around 10 years ago with our outreach committee making financial donations to Pacific House, and then a group of members from the church would go once a month to make a meal and to serve a meal Mm -hmm. at the emergency homeless shelter. Mm -hmm. And so really thanks to one particular member of our congregation, Roland Kistler, that volunteer opportunity has been consistent every month for 10 plus years. But over the last couple of years, we've looked to strengthen our partnership with Pacific Health. So we found more creative ways in addition to serving a meal to have our youth go down to serve a meal. Our youth and members of our congregation have done towel drives. Our outreach committee helped fund furnishings for one of their brand new apartment buildings that Mm -hmm. they opened up at Stillwater Raft just two weeks ago. So we helped provide the funds to buy brand new furniture for all of the units in that building. And even in November last year, a very intergenerational group of our congregation, I think the youngest was six years old and the oldest was 85 years old Mm -hmm. or 86 years old went together to decorate one of the houses and all of the individual units for the holidays Mm. and so we're and you know we're just finding some more creative ways to to be hands-on and to get to know not only the leadership of pacific house and to, to further get to know their vision and their values and their mission and to support that but we also have an opportunity to develop relationships with the clients Mm -hmm. with those uh, men who uh, who live in those units and who show up at the shelter and to yeah, to develop relationships and friendships. I think what's exciting about uh, these partnerships, and of course they come out of such a very rich, long history of Round Hill Community Church, very dedicated to outreach, uh, often supporting with grants local organizations to help them to get seed money for programs, and which continue to this day. But uh, these are definitely organizations, whether it's Pacific House or Simply Smiles or the Boys and Girls Club here in Greenwich that are really aiming to address root causes of issues. So, I mean, quite often this is the this is the really tough thing to do, right, to get in to get at issues so that you're transforming people's lives in the deepest way possible. So you're breaking the cycle of whatever it is that uh, is the problem. So it, it sounds like there's more and more movement in that way, and we couldn't do that without these partnerships. Well, that's right. I mean, one of the catalysts for these deep dive conversations about the root of homelessness or poverty is you know, to be exposed to that. Mm-hmm. And once you're there and you meet people, you hear their stories firsthand, right. and their stories don't match up with your preconceived notions of 
mm-hmm. poverty or homelessness, you start to then ask those questions. But from my experience, those questions never really come up unless you're exposed and have these experiences and hear people's stories and then have a community to be able to reflect that with. Right. So one of the things that we strive to do, certainly with our youth and really with all members of the congregation, is as we serve, whether it's a weekend project, a, a one meal or a week long away, we spend time, intentional time in, in uh, reflection afterwards because questions emerge and mm-hmm. questions arise. And we want to, in community, listen to the concerns and the ideas and the thoughts and the needs and the hopes and the despairs and all of that and come together and be able to to have those really meaningful conversations because that's what's bringing a transformation. That's what's opening up eyes and opening up hearts when we're hearing and really deep listening to other people's stories and their own narratives, comparing them to what we thought, mm-hmm. and then reflecting on that in our own lives. Yeah. Had a member of the congregation say to me recently, you know, isn't outreach the heart and soul of it all? I mean, isn't that really what we're here to do? And so everything else that we uh, are engaged in as a congregation, our worship, our learning, our fellowship, our giving, all of it in some ways comes together when we're talking about how to reach out into the world with love. So that, uh, that, that's what makes us a force for good. But we can amplify that force, again, through all of these partnerships. That's right. I've always looked at it that we've been, a, we've been blessed by God. Mm-hmm. And with that comes a, a responsibility, but a privilege as well. And that looks different in different ways. But I, the motto I like is we've been blessed in order to be a blessing. Right. And right. that's what outreach can help us to do. Yeah. I think it's exciting. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. I, I I always wonder how you go about just from a fundamental level finding these organizations. I mean, and then deciding really what's a great fit for the congregation. That's a great question. You know, what's exciting what often happens is that these organizations come, either they come to us, right. which they might reach out to all, you know, many different houses of, of faith, and they reach out to us and they share a need, a request, uh, so that's one way. Uh, but the other way is that members from our congregation are deeply involved in many of these organizations. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes we're, we're unaware of that. Mm-hmm. And if we ask around or sometimes they'll come to us and say, you know, I've been volunteering at this organization or I'm a board member of this organization. Mm-hmm. And so what we do as an outreach committee is then we at, then ask them, well, would you mind coming to the outreach committee and sharing about this organization, sharing your involvement? And then collectively we can see if this is an organization that we might want to support or we may want to enter into a partnership with. That's how the last three or four organizations and our partnerships really came around, came mm-hmm. to be through members from our congregation coming to us with, with a sense of a calling, a sense of passion and purpose for that particular organization. Yeah. Well, that really ties into what Ed and I were talking about a few episodes ago about what it means to be a community church and that the, the church's strengths are its members and mm-hmm. when those members are... Uh, leaders and become leaders in both just the day-to-day operations, but also also in outreach. Yeah. I think your question is also good because sometimes it's a mystery. It's a mystery to me how the connections <laughs> are made. Like, how did that happen? And just as a case in point, um, when I was slowly starting to leave the church that I served before coming round Hill, to Round Hill Community Church... I was in the office one day on my day off, which I normally am not, and the phone rang, and I wouldn't have taken that call, but I did, and it was from a man named Brian Nurnberger, who is the executive director of Simply Smiles. 
and he said that he had heard that I was leaving my congregation, about to go to Greenwich, and he said, I wonder if you'd be willing to, to meet me for dinner so that we might talk about the possibility of something happening in Greenwich. So Susan, my wife, and I met him for dinner, and out of that one little meeting, came to Greenwich, and it has just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. But that was not anything that I planned or could have conceived of. It happened, I think, as you're saying, Dan, in a sense, it happened to us. Mm -hmm. At some point with all of these relationships, there was an initial spark. And it seems like that often you know, comes to us rather than the other way around. I mean, sometimes it can be just the start of a conversation. Mm -hmm. But I do know that Pacific House, uh, the leaders of Pacific House came to our board of trustees meeting recently to give a really lovely presentation because the, our congregation is going to be honored for the work that we have done, which is oh. really lovely at their upcoming gala this year. And uh, they immediately made a reference to a former member of the outreach committee who had worked with them for a long time. And, you know, so that cultivated that friendship so that later on, when something was ready to grow, the you know, soil had already been prepared. So, uh, you know, we plant the seeds. God gives the growth is the old saying. That's and, right. um, I think we're, I think we're seeing that you just have to have that period where you can trust mm -hmm. and let it evolve mm -hmm. sometimes over a long period of time. It doesn't really become immediately clear. And then suddenly it seems obvious. Mm -hmm. And so how, here, hmm, how do I word this? How, is there a measurable way to know that you're being a force for good in this way? Is that an impossible question? I can edit that out. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, we even ask our partner organizations that, you know, certain metrics, I mean, like for mm -hmm. Pacific House, they can look at two things. They can look at the number of houses, the number of deeply affordable units that they're continuing to, to grow and expand. Yes. Yep. But on the flip side, they can also look at the number of these men that would show up at their emergency shelters that has right. decreased from 80 or 90 a couple of years ago down to sometimes 20 or 30 as a positive sign mm -hmm. that uh, deep homelessness in the city of Stanford is slowly declining. I mean, so you can look at those metrics, mm -hmm. but what they do and what I was able to hear when I attended their board meeting last week was do you hear the stories of lives mm. who have, you know, men generally for them, men whose lives have been changed. They have found recovery. They have found jobs. They have found an end to homelessness. They have found hope. And so, I think that's one way to measure if you're being a force for good is by the individual lives and their stories and to see marked change and transformation. Yeah. I think that that story emphasis is really important because that's where the, ch the church's strength has always been there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's people coming into a community of faith, finding love and welcome, and as you've said, Dan, receiving a blessing and then asking that simple question, how can, I, how can I return this or reflect this back to the world? I do think it's been really great for the church to be on the receiving end of knowledge that's generated by organizations like Pacific House and others. They have to be really clear about their metrics and what they're doing because they simply won't receive any grant funding. Right. And uh, the church has, I think, that's not always been a great strength of the church to ask the question. So how do we you know, can we measure the change? Because sometimes it is measurable and um, it's not always a mystery. I think we're, we're benefiting a lot 
from the work that we've done with these organizations because they have to be so accountable. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we do bring the story core, you know, part of this. And we want to hear the stories of transformation because quite honestly, they may come into our lives and make us see that in some ways we also need to be transformed. You know, it's just not a simple matter of we're the givers and these are people the receivers. Mm-hmm. But once you start hearing the stories, inevitably, whenever I'm at an event and someone stands up and says, this is where I was and this is where I am now, and it's a big, happy difference between the two, it immediately puts a question mark, you know, in front of me Mm. and makes me ask the question, okay, where are there some areas in my life where I could be transformed? So it's it's in that moment the outreach becomes in reach, <laughs> and uh, and hopefully gets turned back around to more outreach. I sure. think when it's really positive, that's how it's happening. But I do think if if outreach is not a vibrant, robust part of the congregation, you have to ask yourself what is it that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you look back through these stories that have been captured in the New Testament, they are stories of outreach. Jesus walking through one village after another to heal or bring a story of hope or to bring a miracle, whatever it is. And that then leads to change. And other people want to be part of that. They want in on that energy. That's wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for chatting with us about outreach today. Thank you. Thank you Great questions. Thanks for listening. Round Hill Radio is brought to you by the members and friends of Round Hill Community Church. You can find more episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and roundhillcommunitychurch.org.